0: You are listening to the Spark Influence podcast with Spark Media founders, Peter and Misty Phillip. Spark Influence is a podcast about living a life with intention in marriage, family, ministry, and as business leaders. This show is brought to you by the Spark Media Podcast Network. Visit sparkmedia.ventures for more inspiring podcasts.
1: Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to the Spark Influence podcast. Misty and Peter here, and looking forward to another episode with you.
0: Yes, so I loved having our first guest on the show for the last two weeks. We had the Watsons on as guests to talk about standing firm for traditional values like biblical marriage in a world gone woke. We talked about living a Deuteronomy 6 lifestyle with our kids, and I thought that'd be a great jumping off point for today's episode, which is about Deuteronomy 6 is really a command to love God, and also instructions on on how to teach our children. So if you don't mind, I'll just start by reading a few verses from Deuteronomy 6.
1: Yep, sounds great.
0: Okay, good. So it says, beginning in Deuteronomy 6, it says, now this is the commandment. The commandment, the statutes, and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, that your days may be long. Hear, O Israel... And be careful to do them that it may go well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord The God of your fathers has promised you in the land of milk and honey. And so I want to read some more verses in a few minutes, but I thought let's just stop here and camp on this for just a minute because the commandments that the Lord is giving in this passage are not just to us, they're to our children and to our children's children that we may Follow the commands that the Lord has set out for us. And so to me, this implies we're to teach them to our children and, and to our children's children, and that we are to live a life accordingly, that we love God and you know, we're, we're teaching our kids to do the same. So then it goes on to say here, therefore, O Israel, be careful to do them that it may go well with you. So this is a command from the Lord with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may greatly multiply. There's a promise talking about the Israelites going into the the land flowing with milk and honey. And this represents the Lord's blessings. Let me move on to verses four through nine, which say here, O Israel, the Lord." "'Lord our God, the Lord is one.'" You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign around your hand and they shall be as fontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So this passage goes on to talk about loving the Lord and teaching our kids to do the same. And not only loving God, but loving God with all the power that we have within us, right?
1: Yeah, this is, I mean, the, both passages you read, you know, the first one's about obedience, right? Be, that's being called to a new land and to, to, to be obedient to God. And the second if part of that in obedience is to train our children. Right. And I, I know they use the term sons, but they mean children in general. And so I, I mean, I'd i love to focus on that part about education, which is which is our duty to educate and train up our children. I think it's one that's probably I wouldn't say abdicated largely, but you could get really close to saying right that it's you know, they don't get this by osmosis. It doesn't just happen because they happen to walk by the way like you've got to be diligently actively teaching your children, in all the ways. And so let's let's park there for a minute and talk about that, and I want to hear what you think as well about, because in today's world, that education has been subjugated, and a lot of families don't have the say that they may think they do in their children's education, and they are surely not being educated from a Christian standpoint anywhere if they're not in you know, unless they're in a Christian private school or they spend, you know, three days a week in church, maybe they're getting some message, but there's, there's a real thing there. And I think we should, we should talk about that for a minute.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, because the word diligently there in verse 7, that implies that it's something, you know, that we have to work hard at doing. We need to be busy about teaching our our children to love God and to model what that looks like for them. And and it's not just a one and done, like you said. It is a continuous action of raising them in the way that they should go. When we get up in the morning, we're talking about the Lord. We're thanking the Lord for our day. We're expressing gratitude. We're praying. We're reading the scriptures. We're we're sharing, you know, what the Lord has done for us throughout the week at the dinner table. We're talking about God. We're talking about culture and what's happening in the world and how that relates back to the Bible and what the Bible says.
1: Yeah. So think of it this way. Our kids are like... a a cassette tape or a VHS tape or pick some recording medium that you feel appropriate. But, and we lay down a particular track on their recording and then we think, all right, it's done. We put it in there. It's good to go. The problem is when we send them out into the world, the world is constantly erasing that track and formatting it. So if we don't lay that track back down on them every week, all the time, every day and keep doing it, it's just going to, they're going to run around with it erased and it's not there. And, and don't think for a minute that the, the, the clanging voices of the world and their peer input and what's on television and what's on social media, all of those things are nothing but erasing the things that we try to put on. Very little of the content, unless it's actively sought out, is, is an edifying content that's going to build them up. Most of it is extraordinarily negative and extraordinarily counter to the Christian worldview.
0: You're absolutely right. I love the fact that you said laying a track down for our kids because it can be erased by what's happening in culture. And so it's it's a continuous effort on our part to continue to remind them who they are in Christ, to remind them of God's love, to remind them of the scriptures when we sit at the table and we talk about the word and we talk about God and we talk about what is happening in culture and why it is wrong. I think those are really important conversations that we must be having all throughout the day everywhere we go all the time always reminding them to love God with all their hearts
1: and and have them play it back to you because you don't know what that recording was like they may have misinformation I hate the word but it's a real thing for some things but have them play it back to you maybe they've got it modeled up with something they heard from someone else and they think that's a thing and like well that, that's not in the Bible anywhere why would you think no like that's not how that works You know, so they can get the information in there, but sometimes it gets overwritten or it gets muddled up with the information. So have them read it back to you. Have them have the conversation. Make them lead the conversation. Make them bring the information forth, right? Not an uncomfortable, like this is a test way, right? You should be having an open, honest conversation. It's the good news. If you are not willing to tell your children the good news and you are all spending your time telling other people, you are remiss. This is not how this works. You start first in the inner circle of your, of your life, which is your, your spouse and your children, and then you move out. But those should be the most trained people in your immediate circle.
0: Absolutely, and I think you're right. the The world, I believe, is becoming a lot more black and white. You were either on the side of good or you were on the side of evil. So, in in times past, maybe you could send your kids to school and you didn't have to be concerned about what they were learning because you know that they were being educated. And more and more of what we are seeing in today's school system, and we're not. This is not a blanket a statement. I just this is a generalization. But you have to know what your kids are being taught, and you can't take for granted that they're not, that these ideologies are not being slipped into their education in ways so I love the fact that when when even when you were in school you would come home from school and your mom would sit you down at the table and you and your brother and y'all would have a snack that she would have prepared for you and she would talk to you about your day and I think that's really what you're saying is you you really need to just be talking to your kids and keeping the dialogue open to talk to them about Jesus, but also to know what's going on in their world. We have to know what is being said, and if you, if they're being sent away for several hours a day, you don't know what they're what they're what that recording is that's being played on top of or erasing the work that you've already done.
1: Yeah, and and it's it looks different for different ages, right? So let's break it into elementary school middle school high school right let's let's just talk about that for a minute the, you can lay down powerful information into elementary school kids and but they're very eager to learn and they they are very open to learning and so they may muddle information quite easily right middle school whole different ball game that's you could just that's a that's the trouble period that's the tough years uh, as most parents will tell you And that's, they start seeking, they're seeking information there. So if you're not filling it in, for them, someone else will, and it's going to be another pit of information.
0: But they're also starting to process the world at that time. I can think before that in the elementary age, you know, that's a time, like you said, they're sponges, they're they're taking in all of the information, and then by the time they get into that junior high stage, they're starting to question, like, what do I do with all of this information? Yeah, that's like the they're early, trying to make connections. Yeah, right,
1: and high school is sort of the evolution of that, where they try to start really forming an identity, like they're going to self-identify as, as a teenager who is, you know, I am smart, and I can do this thing, and I can drive, and all these, the world opens up vastly, usually in high school is when your world kind of blows open, but I say those three categories to say, there was a time where it was not questioned that you as the parent had the final say, authority, and best interests of your child, it has evolved now, to that parents are being questioned with stupid things, like, well, do you have a teaching degree? Like, what, who are you, how are you to know what's best for your child? This is this communism just straight up. Like, this is the state knows better than you, and the state should own your children. You, If you encounter that, you should run from that as fast as possible. That is a destroyer. That is a killer, literally. You get your kids out of that school, and you put them somewhere else, or you homeschool them. Because the only way you will get any... V- real information into them that will stick and that will enlighten them and edify them and, and structure them in a way that they can stand alone in an, against the onslaught that happens in the real world is if you are the, you are the purveyor of that message.
0: Absolutely. Um, You're absolutely right, because do you remember when our middle son, Connor, was going to go to the special education program for preschoolers because of all of the learning disabilities that that he had? He was born with club feet, and... The first doctor cast him too tight. He almost lost his legs. And then we spent the next year of his life in and out of the hospital with surgeries and illness and all the different things that happened. Then he got grandma seizures. And that's part of a much longer story. But he was sick a lot. And so he was very delayed. So we looked at the school system about putting him in for education. And you practically had to hold me back across The table at this lady who told me that, you know, it wasn't my job to educate my son and that they were going to do everything. And they
1: said she's her words were we will decide what is best for your son and we will tell you what we're going to do. And I was like, you can leave now. Like we're done
0: because it's the early days this is
1: a long time this is the early days of homeschooling man like this was
0: but ultimately it's our job as the parents we're the ones who will stand before the lord for everything to be accountable for everything that we've done in our lives and the bible tells us that children are a blessing and that they are arrows in our quiver and so we are to to sharpen those arrows and ultimately though we're responsible to god for what we have done with our children good or bad or indifferent yeah,
1: Ki- yeah. childhood is like baking a cake there's a point where it's you can still add ingredients and the batter is not ready yet but once you put them in the oven and start cooking them you can't go add things when they're when it's done you don't take it out and go wow I should have swirled chocolate through that well it's a little late for that now kids are the same <laughs> way right you you need to get the information into them spend the time with them it's a glorious thing spend time with them enjoy them and they just get better with age. They get more fun. They get more engaging. Then you can have more adult conversations. And it's just a, a, an amazing thing, right? And we, you created, as a couple, you created these beings. Like, it's insane. You did all the work. I mean, you grew them. You know, and and, and, and that's, that's just a, a wondrous thing in, in its own right. But they're a joy, right? Children are a joy. And to, to abdicate them to someone else, to make them a way that you think you might like, that's a, risky, that's a risky thing because unless that other person is exactly like you and believes like you, they're not going to make them like you. They're going to make them like them. And a lot of them have very different ideas about what is right for the child, where they should go, what they should do, how they should be. And it, I guarantee you will not very seldomly align with your Christian worldview.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the things that the kids are having to deal with in school today are so different. It's so much worse than even when we were young, which was a long time ago. I and mean, we did have to deal with a lot. And I think one of the major differences is that the kids have the their world is the whole entire world can be fit in their pocket, in their hand, with a cell phone. And it doesn't matter if if your kids don't have a phone, their friends have phones, the things that kids know. Kids have older siblings. So we can't just go on autopilot. And I think that's really what this scripture is talking about. It's you, when you love God with your whole heart and, and your whole mind and all of your strength, That's you, you give the glory and honor and praise to God in everything that you do. And I think that's the, the posture of a believer is that we should be so full of Jesus that we spill it out everywhere on our kids and everywhere we go.
1: I think you, you bring up a point. We, you, we were saying that it, it, came, it came to mind was the best education and training they can get is to see us being completely sold out and in love with the Lord. And that's, that's the teaching right there, right there. They're, they're going to, you know what they say, kids do what you do, not what you say. Kids learn by how you act, not what you tell them to do. All those sort of idioms that go along with that. But that is the best education. Like seeing you love, seeing you on your hands and knees praying, seeing you praying as a couple, like those things are super powerful and they're going to want to do it. They're going to want to be involved. They're going to want to be the same way. Right. And and this can be really difficult, right? So certain, uh, we, if you have a wayward child, if you have, Which you hope is going to be a prodigal child that's going to come back, right? Who has left or pulled away. Those are tough things. But you always say this, right? If we have trained them up the right way,
0: when they are old, they they will will not not. depart. And so we may have to wait for a while. But I love that prodigal. Yeah, that prodigal son story, I love that. A friend of ours once, when we were talking about those scriptures, says, But you know what the best part is? Is the prodigal son does come home. And so, but that starts with laying a foundation of teaching them to love God. Which is the
1: education that has to happen from you, the parent.
0: Absolutely. Parents. Parents. Right?
1: Together. Because, and that kind of, if we roll it all the way back, we went pretty far forward there like a little fast forward part but it's the education part that we're talking about but if we are to obey and do what the lord commands which is the first part of that scripture the second part being to educate and train them up right then if they are a prodigal the reason they come back is because of what was done before right right
0: right laying that firm foundation absolutely
1: and it it is it is it is a struggle it's far more difficult today I think that it was like, so like you said a minute ago, they have the world in their hands, which a one is making them remarkably stupider because they don't memorize anything. They just look it up and they don't commit things to memory. The second is it's also terribly evil because it never forgets the internet never forgets anything and it's always there. So mess ups and mistakes that could just be part of growing up and being awkward and just being kind of stupid about stuff. And, and we have plenty of those in our past, and they are lost to the ether. Like, they'll never be known again, except for the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Lord. But the kids today don't. I mean, it's forever and permanent and instant and everywhere, right? And that is the crushing weight for really, think back to just being an awkward 14-year-old and just, you're so worried that you had a pimple on your cheek, like the world was crashing down because there was a pimple and you had to go to school, right? Simple, stupid stuff like that, right? Now it's it's... They do horrible, you know, pranks on each other, and and it's forever, and it's out there forever, and that's really hard. So I, I think understanding that there's different pressures because I can be the whole purveyor of, just, you know, that's not how I did it. You know, <laughs> never heard that come out of my mouth before. But it's a different world. It's a it's a entirely different world than what we grew up in. And so being very aware of that and understanding that the pressures are different. The communication is faster and more coarse than it used to be. And there's expectations that are different for, for like the, the, the maturity expectations rolled way far back because now like nine year olds are seeing pornography. Like this is just insane.
0: Right, well, well, they didn't even have to see pornography. At nine years old, they can go to their library within their school, and there are books full of teaching them how to do sex acts. That yes. would never be allowed back in our day in school. I mean, you had to go look at the National Geographic to see the the, the naked people <laughs> yeah, in the jungle, that, that right? Was, that was the, yeah, that was the... <laughs> that was, that, that was, was as far as that went. Middle schoolers, right? Right, but now there's books that are teaching them sexual acts and drag queen story hour which I mentioned before this one really bothers me because I don't care if you want to be a transgender you're confused and you need help but don't come to the schools and try to take over and change the children and lap dance with them and teach them groom them is what really what it is if
1: you if you went to their house and did this you would be arrested immediately like you would just be like no i'm sorry that's your that's child endangerment that's we could do an entire episode on that because it, it, they're trying to change the narrative this is i say this all the time we are living in the hybrid 1984 brave new world world right the the wrong think changing what words mean, erasing history. Those are all very common. Take every statute down because anyone who ever did anything that was perfectly acceptable in 1820, you would judge them morally by your code today in which you think is right and wrong. And so they're immediately erasable because they did something. And if you went back in time, none of the, no one else would have thought like you. No one would have thought like you about that, Right. So now we're we're changing and erasing history. We're not teaching. We're
0: changing words in the dictionary. We're
1: changing words, meet the meaning of words. The we're, meaning the, of words. And this is 1984, right? This right. is, they, they were, history was constantly being erased and rewritten to fit the narrative of the party. And that's what's happening, right? Then they are, this is a more of a, this is more of a religion now because there's no opposition. You can't speak against it because you're the instant, you're an apostate. If you change your opinion and leave that movement, you're an apostate. If you speak against it, you are instantaneously beset upon by an army of whatever to to tear you down and destroy you and make you lose your job and force you out of where you live and work. And that that's that's a that's a that's that's a, it's a religion. That's a psychotic religion, right? Um, that's not it's not a movement and it's not you're not you're not it's not for people. And so now this super class of individual super class now right? They're not just, they're not equal. They're not, it's not an equality. They're superclass because they can't do wrong. Even down to this trans person who shot up the school and killed the kids. They're making excuses saying, well, you pass some laws. And so, you know, they're going to respond that they're making excuses for this person slaughtering children. Right. And that's what's happening every day uh, in the respect of what's being taught and educated to our children are those things all the time. So if you think, your dinner conversation doesn't matter. And your training and teaching doesn't matter. You are sorely mistaken. It matters more than anything if you want to keep and capture your children's hearts.
0: Absolutely. And I want to kind of go back on and say something here about... You, you mentioned two books, Brave New World and 1984, and I just want to take this moment to say, teach your children to read, teach them to love to read, and they will be able Amen. to teach themselves Amen. anything. One of the things that I did during our homeschooling years, you said to me, I will never tell you no to books, and there was a thought that I had back in that time with... Everything being on the internet, what if they're, and we, we've, we've become so reliant on it that what if they're, you know, if something happened to the internet and I started collecting really great books, good literature, solid books. Before they rewrote it. Before they rewrote they, it. They rewrote and,
1: Agatha Christie. I mean, come and on.
0: and now I am so thankful for our vast library of information that can teach and train us and biblical texts. We have more Bibles in this house than I know <laughs> what to do with, but that is a good thing. We don't just have a Bible sitting on the shelves. We have Bibles in ever, everywhere all the time. We're already always in them. And so if you are a parent and you are listening to this episode, please hear my heart that we need to be educating our kids, not just in the way that they should go with the Bible, but we need to make sure that they're having a good education. And part of that good education is going to be a battle of them wanting to have a phone and wanting to watch stupid TikTok videos instead of reading a book. But we have to educate our children because I believe that this upcoming generation is going to face even more things with the way that the world is going than we've ever had to face so they have to be grounded in the word of god they need to be taught how to think and they need to read because readers are leaders <laughs> uh
1: you had to put that one in there that's, that's great yeah no i'm i, I will read i will i will uh second uh, everything i've learned of significance in my life and I'm a self-made man from a career and everything standpoint. And I learned it all by reading. Like I I just was a voracious reader, right? My mom used to get frustrated because I would read the cereal box and the envelopes and the paper and everything was around. I could just never get enough of reading, right? And I used to read a book a night. I would burn through books like nobody's business. And there's so much value in vocabulary and education and and seeing things from like that, the picture that is painted, right? And if you're an imaginative person, if you have an imagination – Books are just an awesome. They're better than movies because the world is just amazing that you can create in your mind, right? And you can explore that or learning about history, which is really, <laughs> I mean, I think history should be your second category that you read beyond the Bible. It should be history. And I just pick a point. It doesn't matter because all these things have happened already. You're just reading about a different person who did it at a different time.
0: No, you're absolutely right. I I was thinking that very thought earlier this week when I saw all of these young people chanting and I thought, you know what, you don't even know what you're chanting or why you're chanting and you don't know history. Uh and if we don't know history, we're destined to repeat it. So badly.
1: Not even close. Like bad we do it worse. Right. But, right. And so yeah. I can keep going but I think we're at time so yeah this has
0: been a great episode I hope you have enjoyed this conversation as much as we have we thank you for listening to Spark Influence